Welcome to Envision from the United Way of Greater Charlottesville and News Radio 98.9 and 1070 AM WINA with Price Thomas and Robbie Respetto coming to you right here from downtown Charlottesville. I want to thank our sponsor, Carter Myers Automotive. And with that, Price. So we're back today, episode 15, I think. We got the whole whole squad together, and, and we're joined in the studio here by Chef Antoine Brinson, entrepreneur, you know, wizard, wizard in the kitchen. Um, when's the last time? Last time we saw each other, you ended up, we somehow conned you into cooking for us. <laughs> yeah, like it was a video uh, on yeah, like it, it was a video shoot that, yeah. And everybody was eating Antoine's food. It turned so into muscles. He was like, I got some stuff in the back. And we're like, you know what? And the funny yeah. thing is, Price and Ty said nothing about it. I saw it like in the video. Nobody talked about how much fun they were having. Oh, I got Text. You, how about you? Yeah, yeah. I've actually text and emails like we need to do that again, man. Yeah, Yo, yeah. We, we, we need those muscles again. We, we need another video. They were shoot. like, we had to work hard. It's a hard day. Yeah, like video. Yeah, it's hard. Yeah, exactly. That's cool. how things go. Right. Awesome. <laughs> gotta gotta stay stay well fed. Uh, thanks for joining us, man. We we appreciate having no, you down it's here. A pleasure. Thanks for having me. So just get us give us a little context. Get us started. Tell us a little bit about for those who um you know people know you. People sort of know who you are and the work that you've done. Just give us a little bit of the the kind of the spark notes of how you got to where you are and what you're doing today. Um, you know, I, was, I always say it's, it's it's all about opportunities. I had someone when I was you know young give me an opportunity when I was in high school to to do a uh, culinary competitions, um, and that led to me going to culinary school, which uh, opened the door to me being able to travel around the world and cook. Um, you know, on that journey, I've had the opportunity to have some amazing mentors and, and work some with some amazing people that you know inspired me in different ways, and uh, ultimately led to me launching my own company. You know. So you've had a lot of international experience. You've been a lot of places. Um, you're in Charlottesville now raising a family. How do you keep that kind of international perspective living in a place like Charlottesville, small southern town? Well, I think that that's it, though. Charlottesville, you know, as much as we like to think of it as a small town, it, it has a lot of diversity here. You know, I think thanks mm-hmm. to the university, you know, you have people from all walks of life here in our community that add value to it. Um, you know, we have, you know, thanks to the IRC, we have a, an amazing, you know, international community that's low key that people don't even know about. And through my training programs, I get the opportunity to work with a lot of those folks um, and, and just get exposed to different pockets of culture. Yeah. Does that influence like your travels? Does that influence your culinary style, would you say? Or like the way that, you know, everybody kind of has their own sort of personal brand. And, and when it comes to being an artist or a chef, mm-hmm. has that influenced the way you cook? Absolutely. I, I would say my journey through cooking has always been about culture and cuisine. You know, like some people want to learn how to cook, you know, Caribbean food. I moved to the Caribbean so I can experience the culture. Um, and, and my thing was, if I understand the culture, I'll be able to understand the food much better. Um, so my journey has really been about, you know, discovering, you know, different personalities, you know, in, in, in dousing myself in, in the environment uh, so I can really understand the why behind you know, this culture of food that they experience. Absolutely. So last question, I'm going to throw it over to my buddy. Yeah, see, this is why when I do it by myself, I get to talk. (laughs) When I don't, I don't get to say anything. He's like, you can't come? Oh, well. Yeah. Um, He's like, I'm going to be late. I was like, oh, we moved it. We changed the time in the studio and everything's everything's different. So first he didn't want to do it. He's like, one more thing. And now he loves it. Um, That's what I do with Bryce. So my question for you is you go home and you're going to cook a lovely meal. Like what gets you excited? Like what do you want to cook? It, it really depends on, you know, where I'm at. Um, you know, I, I, whenever I cook a meal, it's always about, you know, a cuisine. Um, so I might be in the mood for Indian. I might be in the mood for Ethiopian. I might be in the mood for Mediterranean. It okay. really depends on where I'm at that day. Okay. So you can cook any and all. You don't have like a favorite. Um, if I had to pick three top cuisines that I cook um, the most, Ethiopian would be probably be number one. Um, Mediterranean would be number two. And... Uh, 
Indian would probably be number three. I love Indian food. Okay. I am so going to be your yeah. friend. I'm, uh, that's it. Absolutely. Sign me up. All right, guys, go for it. You're not it. invited to our next video shoot, by the way. Yeah, fairly. Um, talk, talk a little, let's, let's talk about the business, man. So talk a little bit about Culinary Concepts AB and what you're, what you're uh, I'm not going to, I'm not going to steal the thunder because I want you to talk about what we just talked about, but you just start from the, the early days because I remember we talked about this a while ago <laughs> and it's, it's, it's changed. Uh, like thrice over yeah. to where we are today. So give us a little bit of, of the evolution of your business. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, Culinary Concepts was uh, built upon the notion that, you know, there are tons of people out there that don't want to go to culinary schools yet want to get certified and, and find a career pathway in cooking. Um, and in my experience as a chef, you know, I've come across so many of those individuals um, that are looking for opportunities, but you know, as a chef, you know, you're, you're looking to fill positions. I might look for a saute cook, and you're, you're you only have pantry experience. I don't have the time to train you on saute, um, so it kind of creates a barrier for some folks. So the goal with the program is, and I always tell folks, it's not a culinary training program; it's a, a life skills training program taught through culinary arts. The goal is really to help the individual identify, you know, what their skill sets are. And how that relates to the workforce, um, you know, and, and help the employer identify, you know, like, hey, how can I better invest in human capital? How can I invest in these individuals, giving them an opportunity, thus giving them a career pathway? So how do you find the folks that you want to recruit into your program? Like, where are you looking for people in our community? Beautiful. That and, and that's where the partnerships come in. Yeah. Um, aside from, you know, restaurants, you know, we work with a ton of different nonprofits. You know, we work with Office of Economics, um, you know, Social Services, um, uh, Department of Justice. Um, and we use those um, partnerships as a resource um, to to be able to find folks that are looking to get into culinary arts, you know. And I think that through those relationships, um, we, we also have folks that just come to us and be like, hey, you know what? I love cooking. I want to be in, in the culinary arts. Or, hey, I've been in this field for the last five years, and I need to get some type of certifications. Can, can, can I do your program? Um, and I think that over the duration of the last four years, it's evolved into this thing where, especially in our community, people know about culinary concepts. And for the people that are really passionate about cooking, they see this as a viable pathway for themselves. Excellent. You guys are listening to Envision from the United Way of Greater Charlottesville, News Radio 98.9, AM WINA here with <coughs> Chef Antoine Brinson. Um, so we've talked about this a little bit. This The sort of culinary arts field feels very kind of like pay your dues, you know, kind of rungs on the ladder, you know what I'm saying? And yeah. kind of thing, you can't just kind of like slot in, you have to work through the traps. Is, are there certain, how do I don't want to say this, how does your program sort of alleviate kind of some of the barriers that are in place for people who can't afford it, um, you know, don't have the resources to, like you said, go to culinary school yeah. or to have, have sort of the, the traditional background to say, here's how I ended up as a, you know, I, you know, I went to whatever the steps are, I was a line cook and I, some people don't even know where the doors are is that part of your deal too is, is showing people kind of an alternate path to, to that, work their way through i think that's that's uh that's a beautiful question and that's exactly what it is you know when i when i launched i knew i needed two things right off the bat one i needed people that believed in the program that wanted to do it and i needed employers that would support the mm -hmm. program and hire the folks that went through the program mm -hmm. I knew that it would work, but it's, no, it's one thing to know something. It's a whole other thing for the people around you to know. Mm. Um, then you look at the barriers. You know, what are some of the barriers that prevent people from getting a job and keeping a job? Well, one of the, the number one barriers is, you know, uh, wage. Mm. Um, so through our partnerships, you know, with our employers, you know, they have to pay at least 15 bucks an hour to hire our students. Mm. Um, so that automatically levels a playing field. Regardless if you're going in a pantry or saute, you'll walk into that job at $15 an hour. That shows that the employer is willing to invest in those individuals. Mm -hmm. 
then of course the program has a cost through the partnerships that I have with like the Office of Economics, Department of Labor. Um, they provide scholarships for folks to go through the training program. So it eliminates a barrier of cost for folks that, so they can actually go through it. What I love about working with like um, you know Charlottesville um, Office of Economics uh, is is the fact that they they through their their um, their office, they eliminate barriers. So, for example, if your car breaks down, they'll uh, cover the cost of your car to get fixed. You wow. know, if you need childcare, they'll cover the cost of your childcare. Um, so, really making sure that there are no barriers preventing you from being able to get a job and keep a job and, and, and to be able to you know change your trajectory. Yeah. How is um? You mentioned sort of culture and cuisine. Is it? And this is me anecdotally as a guy with his wife who like watches Food Network. Yeah. Um. Not. A lot of black chefs at, at a high high level right. is that true i can think of like g garvin and marcus samuelson <laughs> come come top of mind yeah you know you know I, and I, there are obviously others but as for someone yeah. who's in it and who does it is that is that true follow up if that is true right what what is the case for that and is that also a, a kind of thing that you think about in your work well i it's a that's a loaded question. Sure is. Uh, <laughs> that's why um, I'm on this side of the feel, day. Feel free to answer it any way you want. To. All right. So <laughs> let's start with um, what the industry was when I first got into it, and what it is today is very different. What I wanted out of the industry mm-hmm. is very different than what most people want. I wanted to be in fine dining. Mm-hmm. You know, most and, and to this day, uh, I believe that it's still true. Less than one percent of uh, you know black chefs, minority chefs make it to fine dining. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's a different level of cooking. Um, most people don't want to be in fine dining, yeah. you know? Like, it's not their thing. They want to do barbecue, you know? They want to do a, hmm. a specific type of cuisine. Interesting. Um, but I think that when you look at the world of chefs, I think that when you look at it where it's at today in 2021, it has truly been diversified mm. thanks to, um, you know, uh, uh, fusion cuisine where you know you have ah, okay. uh, African and Indian you know you have Indian and Caribbean you have Caribbean soul food and American soul mm-hmm. food fusions mm-hmm. um, and that's the beautiful thing about America where we have this melting pot of culture and in communities people are exposed to these different cultures and cuisines for me myself growing up I was exposed to a lot of different cultures in my mm-hmm. community which influenced my decision to travel yeah um, so I think that it has evolved mm-hmm. um, are there still barriers of entry absolutely you know, especially when you start tearing up, when you look at something like fine dining, you know, fine dining is, you know, a good old boys club. Mm-hmm. It, it has always been that way. And to climb that ladder, you know, it's more about relationship than it is about skill set. And, mm-hmm. and as much as chefs, as much as we like to say that it's all about the skills, I mean, the truth of the matter is if you don't know someone, it's going to be difficult to climb the ladder. Mm-hmm. Um, Network. Network. Yeah. I mean, I would say when I look at my education, I went to the Culinary Institute of America if it's one thing that school was really good at is providing you with a solid network. Well, that's what I was going to bring up about, you know, Culinary Institute of America. Like it is difficult to get into, but it provides like any Ivy League institution. It provides you with an incredible network. Yes. It goes far and beyond just the training. Right. It places you in the right places with the right people. It to does. Scale your career. You know, yeah. I, I, I always say when people ask me from, you know, my apprenticeship that I did at the Greenbrier Resort um, versus my education at, at Culinary Institute of America, Culinary Institute of America gave me a foundation of cooking, but it really gave me the network. Yeah. The green bar gave me the skill set. Yeah. It really gave me the practice, you know, the practice right? The practice that I needed it, to be yeah. able to, to sharpen my, my, my tool set, my skill set. Yeah. Um, and hence, you know, the program that I, I teach, you know, it's more of an apprenticeship style program than anything because yeah. um, I've seen the value in it in my career. So a quick question on the Culinary Institute of America. Have they changed with the culture? 
are they this as the definition of fine dining and you kind of answered that a minute ago with the fusion you know piece but is it changing what we consider to be fine dining it used to be defined by french cooking yeah. often, right oh like, god you're gonna you're gonna yeah. have me going to tangent so Sorry, like well, no no so so here, here's because food influences culture culture influences food how can we have diversity of the of the of what we call fine dining is only defined in one way so short answer that um and i'm gonna i'm gonna give some context and history um so i, I mentioned before this we were talking about uh, i brought up a, a guy named uh uh we're talking about uh Thomas Keller. So I'm going to take mm -hmm. you back. So there was a guy named Antoine Karim. Antoine Karim is a French guy that revolutionized French cooking because he was the first one to really categorize everything. Mm -hmm. So he did sauce, stocks, soups, right? Mm -hmm. Scoffier took Antoine Karim, Karim's work to the next level. He took it from being sauce, stocks, soups to diversifying it, saying we have sauces, but we have cold sauces. We have hot sauces. Mm -hmm. You know, you have jellies, you have jams, mm -hmm. right? He really broke it down into categories. This is what makes French cuisine so special. Mm -hmm. They were the first culture in the world to really take cooking and categorize it, yeah. put a process in, uh, uh, in the place to really identify these are the different things. Then they created what's called haute cuisine, or you know, back then it was uh, you know the brigade, the line system, right? Where you know you have a person that does vegetables, a person that does meat, a person that does sauces, right? So now you have people that have specific focal points, right? Mm -hmm. Essentially, a French kitchen back in the days, it was ran like a military line, mm -hmm. right? Where, you know, the rest of the world, they're just cooking good food, yeah. right? The French system was really able to, you know, turn it almost into like a, a corporate environment where you could scale it, right? Yeah. They made restaurants scalable. Hmm. Um, so you, you you fast forward to, to, to now, you know, they got recognition because of their systems, which obviously their cuisine was attached to it. And granted, French cuisine, is, they really mastered the foundation of cooking. But I think that over the time, some of those systems have been adapted. And you look at, especially, I always talk about America, you know, melting pot of culture. There has been so many other cuisines that have come to the forefront, even more so. There has been so many fusions of cuisines mm -hmm. that we have all grown up with that has completely changed the palate. Yeah. So, which leads me to the question, when's the last time you went to a French restaurant? That's a good, I do go to French restaurants. When's the last but, time you went to one though? Yeah, it's probably been about a couple of weeks. Okay. To, weeks? Oh, weeks. Okay. I was, okay. was going to say years. Oh, okay. on the downtown mall. What's it called? Yeah, Flurry. Hey, Flurry. Right. Right. Oh, Pete, I, know I know they the exist, but like right. if I'm, if uh, I'm uh, going to, yeah. Right. So, but here's a bigger question. How many French restaurants, we have over five restaurants in Charlottesville in a 10 mile radius. How many French restaurants do we have? That's a good question. Maybe four or five? Max? I don't know. So, so which leads me to, it's not a matter if that cuisine is popular anymore. If yeah. that cuisine is, is popular more, is that what people want? And I think the answer to that is no. I want no. fusion. I'm right? with you. Like that. There you and go. I don't love the French because so, it's not enough right. interesting and variety on the menu. It, it, the palate has changed. The palate has changed. Right? Which so, is what I was getting at. Has so, the palate so, changed so, to reflect so, culture and so society? So here's, here's the, to bring it full circle. What we're teaching in culinary schools, the pâtés, the terrines, mm -hmm. all of those things mm -hmm. are no longer valid yes. in the modern kitchen. I can tell you as a chef in fine dining, I can tell you that I don't make pâtés. I know how to do it. I don't make terrines because people don't want that. Correct. You know, the average person wants some good chicken wings, right? right. <laughs> you know, they want to have a nice, clean plate. They want to have farm-to-table experience, right? Yeah. Uh, interesting. Um, so, I, you know, the, 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 the culture has changed, and in my opinion— 
I think that culinary schools have some catching up to do to make sure that what they're teaching fits where society is today and what the rest of our needs are. That was the question I had for you. And to, and and kind of what your views were on that and then, you know, just how yeah, your orientation, your yeah. culture. So like when for, for, for us in the program, I always say, you know, we, we teach fine dining because not because of the food, but because of the discipline, right? Because That's of the fine. navigational skills that yeah. you get from that. But it's not necessarily about the food. It's more about teaching you how to navigate the kitchen because that skill set is universal. I would agree. Mm. Well, the discipline of anything, sports, yes. anything that you have discipline around creates great product. Typically. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. A great experience, right? It's the grit, the grind of the day in, day out. That's it. I, uh, we need to make sure we thank our, our sponsor too, Carter Myers Automotive, for supporting the show. Um, <laughs> where we get way passionate about food and culture people. Way passionate. In the midst of our argument about yet. French awesome. cuisine, we want to make sure we say a big thanks to our friends at CMA. Um, so, in as you ascend to sort of levels that you are in your field and going through again, like you said, fine dining and and one percent, two percent. Right. We'll, we'll get a fact check there somewhere of, of those chefs are black. Do you think back on your experience? Because what really I want to ask is, is ascending through a field like that almost a, 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 a game of chicken between being successful and being an individual as a minority? Right. Like how many do you think back on times where you're like, you know what? I had to whatever, cut my hair, hide my tattoos, take my earrings out, talk a certain way, walk a certain way. I mean, yeah. is the you know, do you think and I guess the question is, as you work in this field and influence and mentor other people. Is it just kind of a continual code switch or or is there finally a way to be like, look, it really is about skills, right? It, we're going to make it to a point where if you can, if you can cook, you can cook. There, I mean, I think that's a beautiful question. I mean, like I think about me, you know, um, young black kid growing up in inner city, you know, I had long hair growing up. I, mm-hmm. think I shared the story with you. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I used to work at um, a hotel, I'm not going to call the name out, uh, it's a big chain, <laughs> um, but it was a high end hotel. And uh, I, I remember when I was coming up, I was working in the kitchen and, you know, someone asked me, you know, what I want to do. I was like, oh, I think I want to do fine dining. I like cooking like this. And uh, they told me that, oh, you would never make it in fine dining because you have cornrows. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you, you'll, you'll never be able to make it because of how you look. Interesting. And, um, you know, that was, I would say, in my life, a pivotal moment because that planted the seed for me where I said, I'm going into fine dining. That, yeah. That's what I want to do. <laughs> you took that as a moment of like resiliency. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I'm yeah. going to yeah. overcome like, oh, this. I can't do that. Watch this prediction. Yeah. Um, which, yeah. you know, let me go into the best culinary school, which led me to, you know, graduating a three year program at, you know, the legendary Greenbrier. And it's funny because I have a picture of my graduation mm-hmm. and my apprenticeship. Now, at the, so the time frame between graduating college and going to Green, Greenbrier was probably about five years. Yeah. Because I traveled the Caribbean for a while. Um, but it's a picture of me graduating my apprenticeship with my cornrows, yeah. you know, shaking the president's hand, <laughs> fine dining, five star all the way. Picked it out from Ben Wallace style you, and just let yeah, that yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but that was it, right? Like that was a, a moment for me because somebody told me that I couldn't do it. Um, so I say this, you know, the limitations that are out there are, you know, they're, they're, they only exist if you allow them to exist. Hmm. Um, I was able to move up the ranks and don't get me wrong, you know, you know, racism is a thing in, in hospitality, you know, like fine dining is a good old boys club. There are, there is some navigation that needs to happen. There's Mm. definitely some culture change that needs to happen. There's definitely barriers in there. Um, but for me personally, instead of focusing on the barriers, I focused on my goal. And I think that that is what has allowed me to, you know, weather the storm and obviously a network and and Mm -hmm. forming alliances along the way. Um, but, you know, there's definitely a culture change that needs to happen to open the door for more folks to get in there. Um, 
that I feel like still still exists today. Okay, just real quick, just because of, and this is a big question, but I, I think about this a lot, and I think about it with people like you and me and Quentin. So, you know, culture change is sort of one of those things that that has to be catalyzed, right? It sort of recognizes disruption. That's how things change. There's also an element of so for you, for example, right? Like we need people like you in spaces you're in right now, right? So I guess the question comes down to what is the relative value of saying, look, we'll we'll assimilate a little bit so we can stack the deck versus like it's time to start to make a shift. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So like is, is there a point at which you're like, look, fine, we'll 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 bend a little bit so we can get into the rooms versus like, okay, now, you know, it's time to time to go. So so here's my answer to that. I think that what COVID did was it leveled the playing field. You know, before this, you know, people were stuck in jobs, in kitchens, doing things, because that's the only way they could see. Mm. When COVID happened, it shut down the restaurant industry mm-hmm. around the world. Mm-hmm. And people that were in industry that felt <clears throat> stuck for the first time in their life got an opportunity to try something different. Mm. And what that did to hospitality was it exposed a lot of our weaknesses. Mm. I mean, one, we don't pay well. You know, that's, that's the industry <laughs> as a whole. It doesn't pay well. You know, most line-level positions don't have benefits or 401K or health insurance, right? Mm. So now you got folks that were in the hospitality industry They've gone over to Kroger's or Target or Walmart, and they got a job making the same amount of money they were making in the mm-hmm. restaurant, mm-hmm. except now they have wraparounds. They mm-hmm. have 401K. They have paid benefits, time off. Yeah. They have benefits, right? Mm. Why would I go back to the industry? Yeah. So regardless if it's fine dining or McDonald's, it's level the playing field. Mm. Every restaurant is struggling, which has forced a lot of food service operators to look in the mirror and say, man, what could I do differently? Mm. The people that they're trying to get in now is a different generation. They have different values. Mm. The things that our, my generation or, or your generation that we went through that we were willing to put up with, the new generation, yeah, they're not willing to put up with no, that. My 23-year-olds are a different Yeah, breed. exactly. They expect a different type of job. <laughs> yes. I mean, they'll work hard, yeah. but they come in thinking it's going to be a certain way. Right. Yeah. And, and they are vocal about what, vocal. Their, what their expectations mm. are. The rights. Yeah. So right now, the hospitality industry is going through a massive state of evolution. Mm. It will never go back to what it was, but where it's going, I think it's going to be better for everyone mm. in the long term. Mm. Well, I, go, I say this to everyone, it goes by quick. You gotta ask the last question, this is the number four. The well, great what, question. Is the, what is the fourth one? Who's the coolest chef you ever oh, worked yeah, for? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. Coolest chef. Alright, so he actually passed away. Um, when I was in the Caribbean, it was a chef, uh, Chef McCoy. It's like the, one of the first black chefs I ever worked for in fine dining. He used to run. I used to work at a place called Keneal Bay in St. John, and he overseen the Turtle Bay restaurant, which was the fine dining restaurant there. And he was like the first chef I ever worked for in fine dining that looked like me, mm. had a team that looked like me. It was just badass all around. Man. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, but he was a big inspiration for me early in my career um, just because he really took me under his wing and, and showed me like what was possible. Um, and, and, and he loved, he loved, uh, reggae and soca music like me and he would love to go out and dance. So like he was cool as hell. <laughs> Aww, that's awesome. We need more, more folks like that. Well, again, uh, Antoine, thanks for coming down and thanks again to our sponsor, Carter Myers Automotive. If you have some ideas for the show or want to get in touch with us, drop us a line Envision at unitedwayseville.org or follow us on all platforms at United Way Seville. Keep up with Chef Antoine Brinson, Culinary Concepts AB here. Make sure you follow him on social media at Culinary Concepts underscore AB. Check him out at www.culinaryconceptsab.com. And if you want to, you know, how do they get in touch with you if they need to figure out how to cook something that their kids will eat? 
website is the best way to do it. But if you need recipes, if you need advice, he's the man. Can I, you're can not, I do a plug for the training program? You're not invited to yeah, our video shoots, by the way. Yeah, plug away. Go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so we have our uh, our training programs are coming back uh, next month. We're, we're getting ready to do a big launch. So if you know someone that wants to be in the hospitality industry or that's looking for a pathway, have them check out our website, reach out. Um, we're, the programs fill up really quick. We're gonna, we actually have a waiting list, but uh, you know, this is a great way for folks to get certifications and get connected to a clear career pathway. So reach out or share. For Ravi Respeto, Antoine Brinson, I'm Price Thomas. We'll see you guys next week.